Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life. So glad you could join us for a little bit of help and a little bit of hope in this Advent season of hope. For the next hour, we'll seek to draw a step or two closer to the Lord. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond. Glad to be with you again. Well, we're headed into the third Sunday of Advent, which, as many of our astute listeners know, is Gaudete Sunday. Here come the rose-colored vestments. Gaudete Sunday is focused on joy. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today here on The Inner Life, Christian joy. To guide us in our discussion, our spiritual director today is Father Michael Hurley O.P., a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California, ordained in 2007 and served in parishes on the West Coast. Currently, he is the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, which he has been since 2013. Father Michael, welcome back to the program. Good to be with you. I love Gaudete Sunday because the the pink I've been told highlights my red beard. So I'm, it's a twice a year I get to wear it. <laughs> I thought I thought redheads weren't supposed to wear shades, other shades of red. No, you, you, that... you're, you're actually you're actually right. It's, it's probably not my fucking but it's it's always it's the congregation is always like, oh, he went he went he went rose. How, yeah. how, how bold of him! <laughs> yes, how bold of him! That's how right. That's right. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's since we're starting off on a on a lighthearted note, anyway, Father. Let me just yeah. ask you up front: Do you sure. think the rose-colored vestments? I mean, are, are priests are they bothered by them? I mean, does it kind of do they feel like it emasculates them somehow at all? Do you think? Oh no! In fact, in the if you're confident in wearing the rose, it's a, I think a sign of masculinity, right? You know, in there the sense of of saying I can I can wear it and proud, proudly wear it. And, it does mark great discussion because it, it will. People will say, "Hey, how come you chose that one today?" As if we kind of waltz right. into the sacristy and are like, "I'm feeling green today," or "I'm feeling <laughs> yeah, that's like, right." <laughs> that's so right. it's a good it's a, it's it's a good icebreaker to explain the liturgical cycle and season that we have. <laughs> so, right. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. On our on when we hit St. Patrick's Day, which always falls <laughs> falls in the season of Lent, of course. I. Yes. I, uh, I you know I'm I'm always like oh man he should be wearing green today oh wait exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. it's like didn't he know didn't he get the memo <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right well I'm really happy to be talking with you today about Christian joy uh, and let's let's just start with Gaudete Sunday give us the origins of Gaudete sure. Sunday or, or why do we celebrate Gaudete Sunday on the third Sunday of Advent I mean Advent is. It's not as hefty as Lent in terms of penitence, but it is a penitential season, is it not? It is. It does have those characteristics, and it, it's because there are two main pivot points of Advent. Uh, the first part of Advent, like, you know, the first weeks, are really an anticipation towards the coming of Christ in glory. So that mm. is just as those uh, who were in the Old Testament who were waiting before the coming of Christ for a Messiah— so too, 
we are awaiting the second coming of Christ. So this is why we read from Isaiah and all the prophecies of the coming of Christ. And some of those gospels we've just uh, read are, are seem a little bit scary with the, with the yeah. kind of the, from Revelation and others. So it's, it's this coming. So when we think of Advent, we think of Christmas. That's not true until after Gaudete Sunday. Now there's Gaudete Sunday and then the O antiphons so together in unison bring us to a kind of remembrance of the historical coming of Christ, which opens our hearts to the reality of God's presence and the first effect, if you will, of God's presence in our lives is joy. And so joy is connected to the real presence of Christ that was came to earth, that made his dwelling place with us, and that we celebrate at the coming of Christmas. So the first part of Advent is anticipation and that penitence towards what we got to do to shape up, so to speak, <laughs> in order to truly receive God when he comes in glory, because no one's going to be mistaken on who God, who Christ is when he comes in glory, as the angels say. But then as we pivot in this last part of uh, Advent towards that sense of the, the presence of God as he's manifest himself in the flesh at Christmas, and what could we do if not rejoice in that fact? And so the, uh, the intro uh, from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Gaudete in Domini Semper. Mm, wow. Love it. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, yes, that's where we get Gaudete. That's why we call it Gaudete, because it's the first word in the yeah. entrance antiphon, correct? From that's right. Yeah, Philippians. exactly. Yeah. From the intro. That's right. right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I understood. All right. Well, very good. Um, so I think it's it's fascinating that uh, that joy is is uh, we talk about joy a lot, especially around this time of the year. I know in my parish we even have some banners that um, we put up this time of year that say joy on them, you know, which is certainly yeah. uh, certainly something that, as you already pointed out, we do experience when the Lord comes to our, our our world. He comes to our hearts, right, and we experience this joy that He brings. But yeah. I think oftentimes if we are pinned down. Uh, I'll speak for myself, I guess. If I was pinned down and and somebody just cornered me and said, all right, Patrick, what is joy? What is specifically yeah. Christian joy? Um, yeah. I might flounder a bit. So how would you define it? I'll, I'll throw the question to you, Father. How would you define <laughs> Christian joy? <laughs> I'm going to let St. Thomas Aquinas do it for us. Is that okay? Oh, I <laughs> guess that's all right. Here? Yeah, sure. <laughs> as, a Domin- as a Dominican. As yes. a Dominican, I've got to go with my guy. So, no. So joy is, it's not, well, just to say what it's not, maybe first to kind of help clarify, joy is not simply an emotion or a feeling or uh, some uh, kind of uh, optimism or kind of general personality kind of trait, you know, some, I'm just, I'm an optimistic person or something like that. Joy is, as I said before, the first effect and in Christian joy, the spiritual effect of being in the presence of a loved one, Mm. of, of that which you love. And this could be, I mean, if you're, how to put it, if you're, if let's say you're, you, you, you are, enjoy uh, the movies, joy is, you know, your favorite film with popcorn and a cool beverage kind of thing. That's your, that's you're in the presence of something that you delight, something you love, right? Something mm. you uh, have that sense of love. Christian joy is being in the presence of Christ. <laughs> that is the recognition that at the heart of our existence, closer to us than we are to ourselves, as St. Catherine says, is the very presence and the living being of the triune God. At the heart of our wow. essence, of our essay or to be, is God. And the first effect of that is joy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I think you were wise to go with 
St. Thomas Aquinas. <laughs> he does. He does it so well in so many various yeah. topics, right? And uh, you have written yeah, well absolutely. of me, Thomas. Indeed. Wow. Yes. Oh boy, good stuff. All right. So, um, if it's being in the presence of a loved one, you know, clearly there's mm-hmm. that element of communion of 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 uh, relationship yes. that is that yeah. is it fosters joy. It 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 uh, is. It is the springboard of joy into our hearts and into our lives. And uh, I just got to ask, too, though, Father, I mean, around this time of year, holidays, I mean, a lot of people are looking forward to being together with their loved ones, and I think that will bring them lots of joy. Um, But there are those who it's uh, especially a lonely time of year. You know, they they do talk about how we lose people that we love around this time of year. This uh, We seem to see an uptick in in deaths this time of year. We have remembrances. I know my own mother passed away right around this time of year as well. Um, and so what would you say to someone who is maybe struggling with loneliness this time of year, and how can they discover specifically joy? Yeah, no, that's it's an excellent question, Patrick, because we, as I mean, even sounds like you speaking from some experience in your own life, um, mm. we, we all have that experience of, of, of loss, right? <laughs> and of struggle and of suffering. And I think the fir- one of the first things to do is, is not to too quickly jump to how can I get joy, <laughs> but just okay. to acknowledge the loss, right? <laughs> just right. acknowledge that. So, so part, of the, part of recognizing that we are in the presence of our loved one is to acknowledge the ways in which that can diminish or how that changes in terms of its its manifestation over time so it, specifically i think of just the uh, the the uh, kind of a, the pastoral wisdom of the church around funerals right mm-hmm. <laughs> so a funeral is both a time of of sorrow of grief um that is often lost these days i think oftentimes you know we uh well can be quick to uh, gather in a celebration of life right in other words we too quickly try to find the silver lining or the joy. And I'm not saying it's not there. We certainly have that, that great hope of resurrection and the joy that comes from uh, that, that sense that we are all living in Christ. But we, we mistakenly interrupt or disrupt the fullness of what God wants to give us through joy when we don't just acknowledge the loss that's there, acknowledge the suffering, acknowledge the isolation, uh, and allow ourselves to grieve. Once again, joy is not an emotion. Right. And so joy can exist with a, a plurality or a diversity of different kinds of emotions, right? And I think there's a way in which joy is, in a sense, most authentically um, realized in our life when there is a, a real sense of perhaps sorrow or grief, not just kind of papering over it or not kind of giving a sense of false enthusiasm. So I think the first thing to say is that you just have to acknowledge that loss, to name it, uh, and to allow ourselves whatever time we need to, to grieve in that in that way, um, and th- and then from that <laughs> to see, and this is this is where I might give a little bit of a uh, biblical historical <laughs> uh, um, example. There was a, a time five hundred years before the coming of Christ that the Jewish people they were scattered. They had been all the ten tribes have been wiped out. The little remnant that was left, and that we know as the Jews, the the, the tribes of Judah. Uh, and Benjamin uh, kind of correlatively there, are there. They are basically told by uh, the Babylonians they can kind of go back uh, to their native land, but they go back and their their land is scattered, it's burned, there's no walls anymore, there's no temple has been destroyed. And they, they're just like, wow, what, what are we going to do? <laughs> and Nehemiah, the, the great um, 
the great builder, along with the priest Ezra, gets up and gives this incredible speech in Chronicles where he says, you know, we're going to rebuild. Why? Because in the midst of this loss and this desolation, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to see the presence of God, even in the midst when we can't see it, it gives us actually strength to continue to do what we need to do. That is, for them, it meant rebuilding the temple. It meant refashioning the walls. It meant restoring the covenant. That is, to live in a way to kind of gather up from all that is lost and to put one foot in front of the other and begin to, in ordinary but habitual ways, begin to worship the Lord and to restore that kind of the, the covenantal living that they had been called to, that they had been absent from in those in those years of desolation and of the captivity. Uh, and so, so too for us, in, in each in our own lives, there are times of desolation, of, of being in, uh, exiled or feeling at, at a loss. And to recognize that the presence of the Lord that gives us joy, that's our very strength. <laughs> that's the sense and the confidence we can have. Um, and just to give another example, just because he, we mentioned Gaudete Sunday comes from uh, the first words of the introit or the entrance antiphon, as it's called. It's uh, taken from St. Paul in his letter to uh, the Church of Philippi, the Philippians. And you might ask yourself, or at least I ask myself, when did Paul write this? What were his circumstances? Because in my mind, if he said, rejoice in the Lord always, again, I say rejoice. And he was, you know, vacationing on the, on the, right. the shores of Hawaii. It's yes. like, yeah, easy for you to say, Paul. Like, yeah, sure, rejoice in the Lord as I, as I take a, a sip of my Mai Tai here, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's, right. That's easy, right? <laughs> but, but you recognize, and those words have, I think, acute poignancy when we recognize he literally wrote those words when his hands were in shackles, when he was in prison. Mm -hmm. And he had certainly had a period of his life when he was out I, what we might call spiritually adventuring. He's founding churches. He's going, he's in his heyday, he's in his element. He loved it, you know, to travel, to preach and all the rest and founded churches. But his most productive spiritually and in terms of the Bible creating, the, writing all the letters that we know in the scriptures actually happened in his imprisonment in a time when he did not have, in a sense, any reason for joy, right? He was confined. I said, know anything about St. Paul, isolation and desolation, you know, is not unknown to him, but in a particular way, he felt it in his imprisonment. And right. yet it's precisely at that moment when he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, just in case you, you didn't get the message the first time, rejoice. He says it twice, right? Mm -hmm. And he writes that in a moment of desolation. He writes that in a moment of imprisonment. He writes it when he probably thinks he's not making the difference he could be making if he was out on the road founding churches, as would his uh, natural predilection bet. Good stuff to chew on there, Father. Father Michael Hurley is our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life, as we're talking about Christian joy coming into Gaudete Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent. Are you a joyful person? Do you have ways that the joy of the Lord is your strength? Give us a call. Join the conversation. Tell us how you rely on the joy of the Lord, or how has the Lord brought you that joy? 888-914-9149. Again, our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, it'll be more with Father Michael Hurley on Christian joy. Stay with us. Today, we'd like to thank Rosario, who's listening in New Mexico, for donating his Saturn. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles by visiting relevantradio.com slash car today. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond, as we're talking today about Christian joy appropriately as we're rolling into Gaudete Sunday this weekend. And our spiritual director today is Father Michael Hurley. And my question for you as listeners, where have you seen the joy of the Lord as your strength? Where have you, where has the Lord provided joy in your life? Where have you really uh, sensed that? Where have you, where have you really known that the joy of the Lord was present? Give us a call. Join the conversation. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine again eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. So, Father, great, uh, great kickoff to the whole theme of joy. I'm wondering though, um, joy can be shared. Yeah, we can we can help to spread or share joy. How could we go about doing something like that? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, since joy is not an emotion, <laughs> it's actually the uh, well, the effect of being in the presence of God. We can share that presence <laughs> with others. Right? We can share that love. And it, it's interesting that um, uh, Pope Francis wrote an apostolic exhortation on joy, the joy of the gospel. Right? Mm. Uh, the um, Evangelii Gaudium, which he he gives, uh, I think, not accidentally on the uh, conclusion of the year of faith on his first pontificate on the, the feast of Christ, the King. And, and he talks about uh, how we can be a witness to the presence of Christ, how we can be evangelists, if you will, for joy, how we can share that joy with others. And uh, there's a number of ways that we might do that. Uh, for example, we might just consider exactly what um, St. Paul says when he says, rejoice in the Lord, always uh, giving thanks right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. so the act we just celebrated a few weeks ago, Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> and sure. the, the idea there is that certainly there's a human quality towards uh, gratitude, but the actual exercise of actually giving thanks, it's what separated the, what, that one leper from the others, that they were all healed, <laughs> but only one truly gave thanks. And because of that, he was fully healed. He was actually the his faith healed him. He, he had the presence of Christ in his soul. And so giving thanks, the action of, of giving thanks, of, in a sense, not just counting our blessings, but in a sense, naming those blessings and being grateful and giving thanks to others around us, right? <laughs> naming them as being participating in God's uh, love in our lives. Uh, the next way might be just acts of service, right? <laughs> the ways in which we go beyond our, our own, you know, uh, self-needs <laughs> and to be selfless towards others communicates uh, God's presence in our lives to others. That's the power of witness, the power of uh, Christian service. And so this is that time of year, certainly when we um, uh, look towards those who are in need, those who have either physical needs or emotional or spiritual needs to reach out to them uh, and to try to make a difference, try to bring the Lord to them through our power of, of Christian uh, witness. And then I'll mention one one last thing in terms of just sharing joy with others. Um, it's that sense of uh, being, in a sense, uh, recharged ourselves. So we can't neglect ourselves when it comes to uh, knowing how deeply we are loved ourselves. And here I think of just uh, in a time of such busyness and preparation, not neglecting as Christ would often go to find recourse to his heavenly father in silence, right? In a sense of communion with his father. And so to take some time this Advent season to just make a little space for, for quiet time, for times of, of prayer and communion with the Lord so that we are able to give from the fullness of what we have received. Right. It seems like there's a lot of gratitude bound up in all of those, Father, that there's a mm. 
there's a as we are grateful for the things that we have been given, and then we we in turn then are generous with others that that uh, they can cultivate joy in their own lives by being grateful for what they have been given as well. So a good question for our listeners that way. Hey, is this a season in which you have traditions? Perhaps you have a a family tradition or a parish tradition where you are assisting others in need in one in some particular way. And if that has brought you joy, we'd love to hear about it. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And Father, I'm just uh, I'm kind of extrapolating a little bit here from what you said, but I'm guessing that then as we are generous toward others and we see the joy in them as they receive um, from whatever the Lord has given us to give, uh, that kind of reflects back on back to us too, and our joy grows as well, does it not? Absolutely, I, I, I love a good extrapolation. So I'm, I'm happy with the sense <laughs> in which it's kind of it's a it's a virtuous circle, if you will. Yeah, right, right? exactly. And, uh, right, it's like a snowball rolling down a hill. It just as it as it rolls, it picks up all that kinetic energy that has potential for. Yeah, because we are made once again. You just go back to that definition. That's why I love the definition. It's being the presence of the one we love. And we are made for love. And guess what? Infinite love. So there's no capacity. There's no, there's no ceiling on our ability to be loved and to love in turn. And when we love others, we ourselves increase our capacity to receive love and the extent to which we stretch our hearts, if you will, to give that metaphor, stretch our hearts to receive love. Then we have the strength and the capacity to share it with others. And as we share it with others, we work that kind of the, the heart muscle of love, we then can expand our heart again to receive even more. And it's yeah. this wonderful kind of circle or cycle of, yeah. of both receiving and giving and giving. The giving uh, gives us the strength to open even further to receive more. And the more we receive, the more we give, the more we give, the more we have the capacity to receive. Yeah. And, I, you know, you hear a lot about uh, people we're in a place of struggling, of spiraling downwards. But this is—I love that this yeah. is the spiraling upwards, right? It's—it's it's exactly. Uh, exactly. You continue to grow in the Lord. So I love that. All right, Father, I'm going to set you a little uh, verbal exam here, an oral exam. Are you ready for this? Oh, I can't wait! I <laughs> know uh, I'm, I'm excited. Okay, okay, here we go. So you did a great job of of linking joy with love, with uh, with caritas, right? Now, I want you to link joy now to the other two theological virtues. So linking joy to faith and linking joy to okay. hope. How would you do Great. that? All right, let's, let, let's do it. Right. So once again, <laughs> it, the joy is in reference to love, but once again, and everything cycles in there. So love is at the heart of everything, as St. Paul says. Uh, there sure. are the three, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So once you have are rooted in love, then how does faith and hope relate to love? Because by relating to love, it relates to joy. So you have to connect them through the middle term of love. And we'll just start with faith. So faith is that sense of trust mm. in God. Sometimes we think of faith as simply kind of in, um, an abstract kind of thing, just like if we know about faith, it's just kind of knowing about God. But when it's in the scriptures, when uh, it, but, uh, Abraham uh, believes God, he trusts God, and it's counted to him as righteousness. Mm -hmm. It's it's the his ability to leave family, friends, home, hearth, and to seek that land that the Lord. He doesn't even know quite where it is, <laughs> right? It's to put his his total undivided trust, right, <laughs> in God. So it's 
it's it's that sense of without being able to see <laughs> trusting god that he has made us for a purpose and that if we seek his will that purpose will be found so faith is in the sense it shapes our mind to see god <laughs> in our lives and to trust in him in that way and the extent to which we do that that we have faith right then our in a sense, knowledge of God, that experience of who God is grows. And to the extent that we know someone, especially if it's a, someone who uh, is a benefactor, someone who wills our good, what happens? We fall in love with them, right? <laughs> so knowledge mm -hmm. leads to love, to, to know and to love, and that love then connects with joy. And so in a sense, the faith and our increasing in faith leads to a sense of an increase in love, which gives us the fullness of joy and it works the other way around to the extent that we are great we go back to gratitude that we are grateful for the presence of god his blessings it strengthens our trust we have even more confidence if you will and that and that's what hope is hope is confidence in the promises of god the the, the, the heartbeat of hope is yeah. when jesus around the last supper table says to his disciples his very best friends guess what i'll paraphrase here guess what boys <laughs> i'm headed out <laughs> i'm leaving i'm going i did suffering and dying and of course they're distraught they're yeah. they're like lord how could we possibly go on without you he, you know what are you talking about and he says do not you know let your hearts be troubled right mm -hmm. faith in god have faith in me he says in my father's house there are many dwelling places i go to prepare a place for you that is the most precious promise of the gospel that wow. he has destined us to live in his father's house using heaven as that metaphor of of being in communion with the triune god of love and our hope once again just like faith and love and joy not a feeling not an emotion not just the desire of our heart although it can be synced with that hope is confidence in the promise of God, no matter how we feel about that, <laughs> no matter how our emotions go up and down and all the rest, it's that confidence in the promise and at heart that promises that he has prepared a place for us. And so every blessing we can name is but, if you will, a kind of token of the ultimate promise the Lord has given us. In other words, by giving thanks, by being grateful, of, by knowing God is in our midst and we can recognize and name his presence, we have, if you will, a foretaste, or at least we've got the receipts for <laughs> the ultimate promise, which is the eternal dwelling mm. in the very presence of the triune God who loves us and who made us for love. Yeah, and in complete joy. I mean, it, it's it, yes, all this talk absolutely. has been, yeah, yeah, has been has been bringing to mind John fifteen eleven, where yeah. Jesus is telling him about yes. the commandment, right? The new commandment to, to yep. uh, as the Father loves me, yep. so I also you remain uh, and remain in my love. Mm -hmm. And he says, I've told my you love. this so uh -huh. that my joy, Jesus' yes. joy, may be in you, yep. and your joy yep. then may be complete. Wow. Oh man, this is absolutely. good stuff. I love it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. All right. Well, we've got uh, we've got Al calling in from Los Angeles. So uh, let's take his call. Al, welcome to the Inner Life. Yes, thank you. Um, my wife and I have been blessed with with a grandson, our first grandson, well, our first grandchild, uh, uh, a son, and uh, he was born 
on our 35th wedding anniversary, April the 26th. And he's uh, seven months old now. Uh, however, he lives in another city with my my other my main son and his wife. And uh, we're truly, truly blessed by Almighty God. And hopefully, he we trust in him to bring bring us closer together to him so that we can see him on a regular basis. But in in in, uh, in, in reference to joy, it just is tremendous joy that we have. For for our uh, our son and our daughter, and of course now our our grandson. Wow, Al! Thanks for sharing. That's wonderful. I mean, and I I think certainly you're talking about the birth of a of a child, the birth of a grandson. This is precisely the joy we're celebrating here at Christmas. The, the new life, right? The birth of joy. And and I will say, as a grandparent, your job in bringing joy is to to spoil that kid rotten, leave the parents <laughs> to the parents. You get, you get, you get to be grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Maybe spoil him rotten, but not, uh, not yeah. too rotten. Right. I mean, rotten with yeah, joy. Not, yeah. Not, not vitten. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Not viciously. Exactly. Right. Not viciously. I mean, uh, yeah, I know when healthy. fruit gets bruised, it actually, it actually gains sweetness there for a little bit anyway. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks right. for saving so, me, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. There's something about that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Al, can you share, are, are you willing to share with us your grandson's first name? Yes. It's Oliver. Oliver. Wonderful. Oh, nice. Wonderful. <laughs> Got a great Oliver in my life too. Yep. That's wonderful. Well, congratulations, Al. Congratulations on Oliver and uh, being a grandson. And I do, along with Father Hurley, we wish you that. Uh, continued joy uh, as your relationships with him just continues to grow and blossom and flourish. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Al. All right, let's go from Al to Janae, who's calling in from San Diego. Janae, welcome to The Inner Life. Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. And I have been enjoying hearing what Father Hurley has been saying, and it's reminded me of some joy that a parishioner shared with me. His His name is Marty, and he's in his early 70s. And we were talking about joy, and he was saying how much joy he found in bringing the Eucharist to elderly people in hospitals and at home, and he just teared up with just describing the joy, and it was so inspiring just to, to see his joy in, in doing such a wonderful thing. Oh, no, Janae, that's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful story because I think it highlights the fact that sometimes we don't think we can do things for others, right? We think like, well, how can I bring joy to someone else? But just the, the, the presence of, of visiting, making a visit to someone, and especially if um, we have the sacrament, you know, if we've been, we, we've been trained as an extraordinary minister to the Eucharist to bring Jesus, <laughs> quite literally, sacramentally uh, to someone. I can't think of a better way to <laughs> bring this season of, of joy to others than bringing physically the, the sacramental presence of the Lord to someone else. So that's, that's a great example. Wow. Yes, and, and so thank you for what you've been saying about our joy is ultimately in heaven and the place that Jesus prepares for us. So I just really, yes. that really touched my heart. <laughs> You're welcome. And, and may that joy be yours today. Yeah, I think thank that's... You. That's that so much ties in with it. I mean, uh, it's it's a wonderful expression of what you were saying at the top of the show, in case people missed it, Father, about how the first part of Advent is all about Christ coming in glory when he yes. you know, in, institutes the kingdom, consummates the kingdom um, for the new yeah. creation, right? And and all of this that, that happens. 
and uh, so there is that that ultimate hope in that way. And uh, and yet, and even now we say, but but yeah, but we kind of have that now of the, now and the not yet, right? Of of uh, in the yep. person of Jesus, come to us as Emmanuel, as God with us. Um, we we can and do experience that joy of being being together with the Lord, even here and now. Absolutely. And this might uh, kind of to, to bring it to a, uh, another thing you're hinting at uh, in terms of how do we deal with joy in the midst of suffering, the now and the, and the not yet, um, is to, to see that joy allows us to take any moment of suffering and to find the opportunity in uh, that suffering, right? <laughs> that yeah. opportunity for love. So, so joy is, if you will, the, the ingredient that can take suffering into opportunity. Does that make sense? <laughs> in the mm. sense of, of, of recognizing where Christ might be calling us to, uh, even if we can't see it, uh, to, to use it um, for his greater glory in some, in some ways. I, I think, once again, go back to St. Paul, you know, there were, there were the, 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 he had the suffering of, of those who were seeking his life, but through his joy, it made him literally a martyr, <laughs> right? They, they, the, those who sought to imprison him did so, but through that suffering, it led him to to write the letters that we know of as you know the scriptures, the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. There were those who who sought to, to discredit him, and Paul uses it as an opportunity to forgive and to show what Christian forgiveness is is all about. Uh, those who put Paul on trial were trying to discredit him or or to to make him look bad or to to bring capital offenses against him, and yet he gives this greatest, if you will, preaching not. To the Greeks and the Areopagus, with all the you know the the high level philosophers, mm-hmm. but basically in the dock on trial, when before the emperor and and uh, his delegates, he is able to preach Jesus Christ to the Roman world. Right. Mm-hmm. So all those moments of suffering, if you will, all those moments of struggle and trial, are because of Paul's joy, rejoice in the Lord always, um, refashioned into moments of opportunity to make present the the love of God, the presence of God in his own life, to witness to that love. Oh man, fantastic. And I just want to note there, in case you didn't in case you missed it, because you kinda you kind of slipped it in there, Father. That was a Dominican yeah. priest who was just saying Paul's greatest sermon was not <laughs> the philosophical sermon. But yes. uh, <laughs> it was. I just want to underscore <laughs> no, that. True. All right. Very oh, good. Boy. I like it. My <laughs> spiritual director today <laughs> is Father. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? No, you're, you're well, keeping me humble on that way, right? Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's a, no, it's a great lesson. It's a great lesson. <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. Um, our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life is Father Michael Hurley, O.P., a Dominican priest from Pacifica, who's currently the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And we're talking today about Christian joy. My question to you is, where have you experienced joy? Uh, where in your life did you really come and in, in have, have a deep encounter with joy uh, was there a specific uh, moment, a relationship that you have had, like Al told us about his new grandson, Oliver, and uh, Janae talking about her friend who brings communion to to others? Um, yeah, if you have a story like that, we'd love to hear it. Inspire us, help us to become more joyful, and rejoice with you as we are to rejoice always. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back right after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester.
Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley, and I'd like to give my thanks to our producers, Nick Sentovich and Jim Shaper, who's taking your phone calls today. As we're talking today about Christian joy, as we're rolling into Gaudete Sunday, the third Sunday of Advent, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And our spiritual director today is Father Michael Hurley, OP, a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California, pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. All right, uh, Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Anita, who's calling in from Albuquerque. Anita, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, hello, and how are you? Doing well. Well, good morning, Anita. Good morning. How are you? Yes, I have. I've been a hospice nurse for many, many years. Mm. And actually, my godmother sensed that gift in me when I was very young. But a lot of people see it as a bad way or scary way, just death. But it's such a beautiful gift because you get to know that person one-on-one. They know you. There's different love that you have. It could be a person you never met. And get to know them as your brother or your sister. And such a gift when you prepare them to go home to God. Mm. Mm. Wow, no, that's beautiful. Are there are there certain... Um aspects or examples of, of being able to do that that you'd like to share with us? Oh, yeah. Well, I even got to with some of my family members, and that was really hard. But mm-hmm. doing it with people that you don't know, you get to yeah. know your brother and sister. You get to know a new experience, what was in their life that yeah. maybe would work in ours. But it's just a beautiful love. And then towards the end, all I see is Jesus. I don't see that person anymore. I see Jesus, mm. and they know it. Mm. And they wow, say yeah, thank that, you. A lot of thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, are there things that you tell people uh, or, or they share with you? Yeah, I share my experience, and they laugh. And then we joke around. I like to joke okay. around instead of focusing on what's going on. But then I start praying and I ask what religion they are because I started in a Catholic nursing home. I started my way there from a, um, my mom. But going the levels, I enjoyed that so much. Like you're one on one with a person. You, they know you, you know you. Marvelous, but the love and even the hard ones. <laughs> that fight you and <laughs> you know there's a special love for those ones because they remember in Catholic school the sister would say we always know the ones that always misbehave because they're always calling them <laughs> well same thing here but yet they find a peace and a love yeah. from you that they calm down and it helps well, and that God in bless itself you. Yeah. is a miracle yeah no God bless you for that it sounds like you've already you, the Lord has brought you to the right vocation to be able to accompany people. And as you say, to see Jesus in them and to, to bring them that, that sense of peace and joy at, you know, the, frankly, the most important moment of our life, which is often the, the most uh, filled with kind of suffering and struggle, but that transition to our, to our, to our eternal home. Mm-hmm. And it occurs to me too, Anita, that, uh, that as you're doing that, you know, that's, Catholics around the world are praying the Hail Mary all the time, right? I mean, that's that's just something that we do, and uh, that we ask our 
our mother, our blessed, our blessed lady, to pray for us now in this very moment and at the hour of our death. And I can just imagine as a hospice nurse, um, you get to be there when the prayers of our blessed mother are lifting this person up at the hour of our death. And that, I don't know, that just seems to really strike me in a very meaningful way. So, Anita, thank you. Thank you for calling in and for sharing with you the ways that the joys of being a hospice nurse has really touched your life. God bless you in that and continue on. Let's go from Anita in Albuquerque to Mary, who is calling in from Sacramento. Mary, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to give you a story of uh, that I had. It's uh, joy in the midst of suffering. Um, and it's something that happened to me uh, about a year ago. My, my son had left home, and he was uh, living out of his car for a few weeks. And we were uh, really worried about him, and I was praying and praying uh, all the time, uh, going to adoration, praying just constantly. And uh, unbeknownst to me, the following day after this event, he would be coming home, but I didn't know it at the time. And so once again, I was praying, and he he lives next door to us in a little house, kind of like a tiny house. And he, uh, I was over at his little house praying again, and all of a sudden I, I had this feeling of just well-being and really strong. And it was something that I had personally had not felt, a feeling that I knew wasn't me, it was Mary or Jesus, and so I just had it. It, would, it kept coming in waves, like, you know, and I, and I was like, okay, Mary and Jesus, like, I, I feel this consolation. Thank you so much. And then I, you know, I finished praying, and I got up, and I, I was walking back towards my house, and when I walked in my house, I smelled roses, and I there was no roses in my house. And again, I thanked mm. Mary. I, I just said, Mary, thank you. I, I really needed this consolation. And then the next day, uh, he, he agreed, and he came home. And I just wanted to share that I had, you know, joy in the midst of suffering. Uh, if I hadn't been suffering, I would have never felt strong consolation and joy. Wow. Was, was there a, uh, thank you for sharing that, Mary. That's fantastic. Was there a particular prayer that you, you mentioned roses, so I, I immediately think of the rosary. Yeah. But, but were there particular prayers that you were well, praying during this time? You know, I you know several times a day I would go into because uh, I would I had a key to our little church in our town because I was a, a teacher, you know. So I would go there and let myself in and sit in front of the Eucharist, and I would mostly pray the Divine Mercy, and then I would just kind of lay on the floor in front of the mm. altar, you know, and just pray. And I would do that all the time. Like so, I would have to go, otherwise I wouldn't be able to get through my day. And uh, mm. You know, of course, in the morning, I prayed all my rosaries and all that, but I would add to it by going and putting myself into in front of the Blessed Sacrament wherever I could. And I did that for, yeah. you know, as long as he was as he was away from us. I, I just stepped up my prayer because usually I pray every morning, but I stepped it up because I, I needed it. Otherwise, I couldn't function, you know? Yeah, and, uh, sure. Yeah, so... Wow, no thanks. And yeah, it, it, to it. me, it underscores. <laughs> no, it's great, but it underscores your prayers. I mean, you didn't choose your son, right? I mean, God gave him as a gift to you. And so your prayers for him are, are yeah. so powerful, and the Lord called you to that. I know. Beautiful story. I, I Thank just, you. I, I felt that joy, and it was just a gift. Yeah. Because I really needed yep. it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a no, great. That, that, 
Sorry, Father, I'm, but I'm just just want to say that uh, it's, it was such a great story, especially as uh, our producer Nick and I were speaking over the last break, and he had suggested that we talk about maybe just throw out there uh, the verses from Lamentations chapter three, starting in verse nineteen, where. It says the thought of my wretched homelessness. So there it is, right there. You know, living out of your car. Maybe that's a maybe that's an emotional homelessness or a spiritual homelessness, not necessarily a physical homelessness. It's it said the thought of that homelessness is wormwood and poison. Remembering it over and over, my soul is downcast. But here's joy coming through. This I will call to mind. Therefore, I will hope. The Lord's acts of mercy are not exhausted. His compassion is not spent. They are renewed. Each morning, great is your faithfulness. So, wonderful. So, thank you, Nick, for that. Thank you, Mary, for giving yeah. us that great story to apply that to and uh, knowing that uh, that the Lord is always faithful in that way. Uh, let's uh, go from Mary to Marianne, who is calling in from Minnesota. Marianne, welcome to The Inner Life. Um, yes, good morning. Um, my thought is that um, we lost our son in 2015, and looking back, he was such a joy bringer from the instant of his birth. He was, my saying, full of life, love, and generosity. Um, he was murdered in 2015, and in the impact statement, I had um, said that um, our happiness, he, he was our happiness, our hope, and our joy. And I say our happiness has to go to gratitude, our hope to inspiration, and our joy can't be taken away for who he was. And um, his sister saying for him was joyful servant of God. He was so willing and loving to help others. Mm. Mm. Wow, no, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, but it, it sounds like you, you've, you've been able to um, still uh, find that sense of, of consolation even, even in that loss. At the end of the chapter, there's that saying, Jesus, I trust in you, so I'll say three times. Yes. Well, I say it once, yeah. the second time I say, Jesus, I put my trust in you, and the third time I say, Jesus, increase my trust, and that and that way I'm asking yeah. for signs, and we do get them. Um, mm. His birth time was 222, and if I'd see that on the clock, I'd send him a little smile, he'd send me a little smile back, mm. and um, yeah. be, we've had a lot of neat 222s, and um, our lilac tree, um, the spring after we lost him, the very white the very top had white flowers, and it's not a white tree, and every year since. And this year there was one cluster that was half the color it should be and half white. And I thought that was like a thank you because I had just gotten flowers out at the cemetery and a new bench for the memorial garden, and, and I had walked by that tree, and there was one blossom on the whole tree like that, and it was eye level, and it spoke to me. Mm. Wow, yeah. So keep keep looking for those signs. I I, I had someone who lost um, uh, one of their children at a very young age, just as they were infants, and and in talking with them, they said something that struck me. They said, you know, even if uh, their child had lived to be a hundred years old, you know, the short moment they had with them, just in the hospital, there, they were looking forward to spending all of eternity together. <laughs> so in other words, they were they, they felt like God was asking them to make this sacrifice of not necessarily having a full life here with them, but that somehow that would bring them a sense of the fullness of eternity together for all eternity to spend together. And so those little signs that you're mentioning are, if you will, uh, little tokens or, or little uh, consolations 
that speak to the fact that you're going to be reunited with your son, hopefully God willing, for all eternity. And so keep looking for those little tokens of of consolation, signs of of God's love uh, in your life. Yeah, indeed. Thank you, Marianne. And eternal rest grant unto your son, O Lord. Let perpetual light shine upon him. May his soul and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. And uh, Marianne, may the joy of the Lord continue to be your strength especially in these uh, these holy days, these holy days of Advent and Christmas. Well, Father, we are c- coming up on the last minute of the program, so we've got just enough time for a quick blessing from you. If you would, we'd love it. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you, and may he fill you with his peace and his joy. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Michael Hurley, uh, thank you so much, Father, for being part of the inner life today, for being our spiritual director here on the program. Talking about Christian joy with you, Father, is a joy indeed. So we're grateful for your leadership in that. We did have one more caller, Greg, who wanted to point out the acronym of joy, Jesus, others, and you. And I think that's a great way of going about bringing some joy into your life and the life of others. Get your priorities straight, right? Jesus, others, and you. Thank you for joining us here on The Inner Life. Have a great day. Gaudete Sunday. Enjoy it and rejoice always. God bless you.